Will Saquon Barkley actually hold out? Rappaport, or the NFL Network rather, had an interesting comment in their lower third of the report. Barkley not ruling out skipping 2023 season with no long-term contract. We'll break that down. And after we determine whether Barkley's capable of doing something like that, where do we draft him? I'll talk about the news. And then after I'm going to break down where I feel like it's safe to draft Barkley, where would I draft him, where you should draft him. The Fantasy Football Show begins right now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. So the update from Ian Rappaport, this is from the NFL Network, and the NFL Network in the lower third of Rappaport's report had this statement on the screen. And Rappaport didn't necessarily repeat this statement by the NFL Network, but the NFL Network had Barkley not ruling out skipping 2023 season with no long-term contract. Now, Rappaport says keep an eye on July. And I agree, July is probably going to be pretty vital for this situation, meaning Barkley's sitting out and until July. For right now, things could change. He could wake up tomorrow and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to hit the field. I don't want to be behind. I'm going to keep my body in tune. And a lot of people are saying, hey, Smitty, I'm, I'm seeing videos of, of this guy working out. I've got photos of him. People DMing me photos of him working out. It's different. You need to be on the field. Even missing up until mid-July puts him at a, a higher risk of injury, being behind the eight ball, not being totally in tune with his teammates. And it's not good for the offense. It's not good for Danny Dimes. It's not good for for Dable. Getting Saquon Barkley on the field as quickly as possible helps everybody, including him, staying healthy. But what is the deadline? July 17th. He's not under contract. He's not getting fines for holding out. He is not under contract. He's not obligated to his franchise tag until July 17th. On July 17th, whether he puts pen to paper or not, he will be under contract. The franchise tag becomes his salary for one year. The team and him can no longer negotiate a contract, meaning July 17, whether he wants it or not, he's getting paid just over the $10 million for the franchise tag. And that's it. There's no negotiation. He is stuck on a $10 million deal, which is why he's pushing back right now because he knows July 17, there's no more negotiation, even if both sides wanted to. They can't. It's a one-year deal locked in. Now, even if he doesn't sign and he doesn't show up after July 17, he will be subject to fines because that will be his contract whether he likes it or not. I've said all this. Everybody knows this by now. The question is, does Barkley have the angle here or the determination to take this the distance and, and stand on principle? I don't know. I wish I could say, no, it's never going to happen again. Le'Veon Bell didn't end well. Everybody says, yeah, he got paid. He lost a lot of money at the end of the day and his career went down the toilet. Sitting out wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good for Barkley's career. It wouldn't be good for the Giants, it wouldn't be good for anybody. Given his expectation level is very reasonable, he said, I don't want to set any records. I understand the market. I don't want to be the highest paid running back in the National Football League. Most all of that makes me feel like they can't be that far apart. And once we creep closer and closer to July, the Giants will be pressured to get a deal done, especially as everybody sees Barkley's comments. He's not wanting to be the highest paid running back in the National Football League. He's being very reasonable, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Giants to get this done earlier 
earlier than later. I don't think they push it to the final day or two, but you never know. He could get signed before July 1. All I know is he deserves it. The Giants should have signed Barkley to a long-term deal and franchise tag Danny Dimes, who we have a lot more questions about. But Barkley's worried about his future. He's worried about the principle of everything, and you can't blame him on either count. He deserves to be paid. He deserves the security of a longer-term contract, given how good he is. And, you know, it feels disrespectful that Danny Dimes gets the big fat bag because he's a quarterback when he doesn't feel like he's earned it, where because he's a running back and he feels like he's earned it, he doesn't get the bag. doesn't make any sense. The NFL doesn't make any sense around the running back position in terms of paying these guys. And I get it. Their shelf life is short. I know. I understand. But that's why this one contract here, Barkley's second deal, is the most important deal to him and to a running back because running backs are getting maybe that one second deal and that's it. They get the rookie deal, they get a second deal, and then that's it. And the disturbing part for Barkley is that he's totally in a position where he should be able to get it because he's playing great right now he's not on a decline he's got two or three years left probably no more running backs have a short shelf life we all know that but you know he deserves to be paid what he's probably asking for which is probably some decent upfront money but a contract per year that doesn't like explode past what he's getting paid on the franchise tag which is just over 10 million won't be shocked if he's asking for like 13 14 i don't know if he's going higher than that tough to say what a running back's gonna make anymore to be honest with you but it's interesting that this headline was at the lower third of the NFL report when Rappaport talked about it. And we'll have to see if he's actually going to, which is the bigger point here, will he actually push, come to shove, hold out? I, I don't believe so. If I had to put a number on it, I'd say 80%, 90% chance he would not hold out during the entire season. Or even like week one. If we're talking week one, I don't think he'd hold out the whole year. But let, let's say he was going to try and push this thing into the season even one week. 20%. 15%, maybe even less percentage chance he's even really truly thinking he's going to do that. And even if he does, he might back out at the last minute. You know, he might be feeling tough about it, but it all feels like a strategy to just get the Giants to the table and publicly it's going to put pressure on him to know for people to know he doesn't want the world why don't you just give him what he wants so i think that's his objective here putting and applying pressure on the organization to come to the table as quickly as possible versus dragging this out through july he wants to be back he wants to be with the team he wants to be paid and i think he does end up getting paid the questions just when underdog fantasy has barkley coming in around 18.8 adp wise that might be factoring in a lot of the concern about a holdout because this seems to have dropped quite a bit since the last time we've looked at it and underdog fantasy is the best adp data around because these are paying people paying good money they have skin in the game they're not leaving drafts in the middle of the fifth round so you're going to get a much more accurate adp data make sure if you guys want to draft with me on thursdays fridays saturdays you go to the link in the description or use code smitty the link will insert code smitty for you so be sure you're ready to go when we draft but barkley going in the 18 range feels pretty baked in value wise i can't say i feel bad about taking barkley as my running back one in round two ahead of guys like Devonte smith t higgins i can argue tony pollard i can argue the quarterbacks barkley feels like he should be going at the the one two turn the fact that he's going in the the middle of the second round the exact middle of the second 
second round, pretty decent value. Now, if I'm worried about holdout or I just don't want to go near it, which I'm not saying that's my stance necessarily, I can totally understand somebody going early quarterback. This could be a a situation where you finally say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go early quarterback. The running backs I want aren't available. Let's say JT's gone and everybody above. I think Tony Pollard has a chance of being a top five running back. Don't put all your eggs in one basket with them, but you want a league where you own them. But let's say you're in a situation where you're like, I just don't love the running backs here, Smitty. I took Bijan in round one. I don't even need a running back. Do I force Barkley because he's a good deal? I don't think there's anything wrong with turning in the direction of even if you have Bijan in round one, going with a Jalen Hurts going early quarterback in round two, going Patrick Mahomes in round two. Don't listen to the haters of early quarterback. I think Alave is a fantastic middle of the second round player. If you're in a grandma league, Garrett Wilson could fall, but he's most likely going in the top eight to to 14 overall if you play with people that know what time it is. But Alave is a fantastic middle of round two player. Hertz is a fantastic middle of round two player. I venture to say all three of these guys feel like the best pick you can make that and Tony Pollard at each position at the number 18 draft slot. I don't think Chubb or Taylor is going to be there on average. Alave will be. Devontae Smith, I love in round three. I don't really love him in round two, even though I really do like him this year. I just want him as my third drafted player. Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Alave, Barkley, Tony Pollard, or or Brees Hall. His ADP is dropping big time, 31.1. This report came out yesterday where an athletic reporter, beat writer, said he's skeptical Brees Hall will have a seamless return to the lineup and this seems to have triggered some sort of like unwarranted doubt in Brees Hall and I think it trickles in to the ADP data even more so 31 overall the question you have is like can you get him in round three now if you had a middle of round two pick let's break this down from the 1.6 you take Bijan at 1.6 can you get Hall at 3.6 if you can then that's kind of the move to make and that's when Alave at 18 makes the most sense this is a really really good trio you mix in that Joe Burrow right there in round four that is fantastic would I be opposed to going Hall in round two a little early no But keep in mind that it doesn't feel like the right move right now according to this ADP data because this puts him right smack in the middle of round three. So you play the odds game. It's not that you don't believe that Brees Hall is a second round player. It's that you're smart enough to know that the numbers suggest that his ADP is after my pick. It's not right before my pick. If if the ADP was right before your pick, let's say you're drafting at 30 or 29 overall and his ADP is 31 you are playing with fire. But the fact that this ADP data is after or right at where Brees Hall's going, you can play the odds game a little better, and I would let it ride. Personally, I would let it ride. That gives you the flexibility to go with the early quarterback. Let's say you take wide receiver in round one and you don't get Bijan. Let's say you gotta, let's say you take Tyreek Hill. Let's say you take Cooper Cup, whoever you like in round one. Then you go Jalen Hurts. Then you go your first RB. And there's nothing wrong with going Bijan, early quarterback, Brees Hall, and then a guy like Christian Watson might fall to your fourth round pick. But back to the point, where does Saquon fall in if you're going to mix him in? It's right here. There's there's nowhere else to take him. You don't take him up in the first round. You could take him if you had a late first round pick. You could take him at the top of round two, but I'd rather go St. Brown. I'd rather go Garrett Wilson. But if I'm sitting there in the middle of round two, Barkley, Alave, Tony Pollard, early quarterback, they all make a whole bunch of sense at 18 overall. I Smitty approve anything, anything in the middle of round two. And the holdout stuff doesn't concern me. You've just been Smitty approved.
Get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com, which is my content site, rankings, bold predictions, one-on-one text advice, trade calculators, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Learn about it. Now, go and start drafting. Get on over to Underdog Fantasy, promo code SMITTY, and start drafting today. Clean up against a bunch of random strangers that don't know how to draft like you. Use code SMITTY, thefantasyfootballshow.com, for your written content Get out of here. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty.